You are listening to the Mick and Mac GAA Football Podcast. Okay, hello and welcome back to the podcast. Joined here at Ross Training today. Ross, how are you doing, fella? Not too bad, Mick. How is the form? You keeping well? All good, all good, yeah. Doing okay now here. Um, delighted to man. be joined as well by uh, Ross Common and St. Bridget's man, Shane Curran. Shane, thanks for joining us. Good evening, guys. How are you keeping? All doing well. Yourself? Oh, fantastic, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I have a... A cocooning hangover and all that I'm just about getting over, so I just I need to get out, out and about, you know. What have you been up to the last while? How have you been getting on? Oh, that's, uh, you, geez, that's a very personal question to ask a man. I'm nearly 50, you know. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, what, have been, what have I been up to? <laughs> man, that's so much, does that the thing you can do in a house with three women in it, you know? So, uh, um, look at that. Uh, I've been um, I've been brushing up on my Irish, <laughs> um, so um, no, really. been, no, not really. <laughs> I didn't do that when I was in school, so I'm do it now. <laughs> but um, no, I've been just looking, looking, trying to trying to um, just keep in touch with everything and keep in touch with everybody. I suppose between webinars and 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 coaching and and work, kind of do a little bit of work as well and. Just trying to keep, keep ahead of, of everything that's that's happening and then try to be best placed for when uh, uh, we resume to, to, to physical normality and to, to normality of life, I suppose, like everybody else. You were mentioning coaching there, Shane. Are you, are you coaching away still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm highly involved. I'm a GPO here with the Roscana ladies and, and uh, also I'm involved with, with the club and awfully with Doro. So, um we're uh, we're in the championship, obviously. So we actually just got clarity today now on our, on the, the structure for the club championship, which is great. And players are really looking forward to getting back to it as our coaches and managers and and families, I suppose, really just to get out and get get out and about. I think really, I think kids want to meet people, they want to meet their friends, managers, coaches, club members want to get out and and, and talk to each other and and uh, just get back, as I said, to some semblance of a uh, normal life. So, what what are the structures then in the Upley uh, Championship going forward now for the next few months? Oh, they're very good, actually. They seem to be very good in in, in Roscommon as well, and uh, I think all we're very good. I think uh, what we have is we've we've a group of four uh, where you have three games, um, and then you're into a knockout semi final and final. Top two come out and and play each other. Okay, it's a little bit more. It's shortened, other than the. The, the long-winded season you would have if you had six in a group. But um, look, at least lads are getting three games. I know it's a short space of time, uh, but I, I don't really think that we could do anything more, I suppose. And, and particularly in Offaly, in the dual county, uh, you have to try and cater for, for all clubs and all, all the players. And uh, maybe it could have been elongated a little bit longer, but um, there is obviously a necessity as well to get back to intra-county fair. Um, you think that's maybe right? Maybe there was a, a, a kind of... No, I'm not so sure it's right. I think yeah. the GM is the trick in, in just, uh, you know, allowing um, club football back. But the reality of uh, the GA and the reality of all organisations and the GA, um, while we, we assume it to be an amateur sport, and it is an amateur sport in terms of the patrons that play for it in most cases, I hasten to add, um, the necessity to get back and make money uh, is very important as well, and and that, hence the intra county scene is the is the scene that um, generates the the vast amount of uh, income for for the for the GE, and and uh, they had to get that try and played played in some some way or some form, uh, and to to monetize it and get some money rolling rolling back in the gates because there's obviously a lot of people employed, there's a lot of infrastructure that has to be maintained and upgraded. Um, and the only way you can do that is is uh, with dollars. Would you have uh, obviously you've highlighted that the GAA do need the money, but would you have 
scrap the intercounty if you had your way, if you had a few of their your finger on the pulse? Um, look at look at I suppose um when you look at that we're we're in we're in June, it's July before we can get back to any um any sense of of some sort of team structure and team training. Um, you're gonna have three to four weeks preparing players, and then you get into a championship. Some play, some teams will only have two games. Some and in some counties, I think it's straight knockout. It's four or five weeks, so that's very unfair. So I think that there should have been a minimum of eleven weeks, twelve weeks given to to every club, every county, to to prepare the competition, and all the counties should have been mandated to give um, enough games for the clubs and the players that framework. That should have, been, but it wasn't. Um, but the reality is, and and. Let's not get away from it. The reality here is, is financial. Um, the GA are like, are like the FAI. They're like um, any other organisation that has uh, a lot of a lot of um, uh, inputs and outputs. And um, when you have outputs, you have to have inputs, and that that that's basically financial. So um, that's that's the route that's there. I do I agree with it? Um, no, but I understand why it has to be done. So say if you had carte blanche for 2021 and the championship structures, club versus county, how would you, how would you organise it? How would you phase it? Uh, for next season, as opposed mm. to vis-a-vis just normal season. But yeah. look, at I was involved with EPA initially and, and I think we've got to find a way of um, taking away a lot of the meaningless rubbish that goes on at inter-county level. So a lot of the stuff, has to be, the seasons have to be shortened. Uh, and I think club footballers need to be playing football at the right opportune times when the, when the weather is, is, is in good nick. I'm not necessarily in favour of having a club final in December now, I hasten to add. I think that, that, that both seasons can be interesting. Um, I think there's no reason for players not to be available to their clubs and... If and when, hopefully sometime, I do become, uh, or want to become, and I do want to have that ambition to become an inter-county manager, I would be sitting down with clubs and I'd be saying, I want my players playing. I want them playing with the clubs. Yes, I want them at a certain time, um, but I think we have to change the competition structure to allow players to, to be able to um, get the benefit of playing as much as possible with their club and with their club colleagues, and also with with their county when they have the the appropriate skill set to do so. Shane, you were mentioned there, meaningless rubbish in an inter-county game. I mean, maybe spe- specify what sort of rubbish you're talking about there. It's kind of like the competitions like the FTPs. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think we need to do away with all these aboring cups and FBD leagues and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that, that these are just, they've served their time. Now, the problem there is that we've got to find a way then of, of ensuring that they regional county boards, the provincial county county setups are losing money. But to me, you just that's basically maths. Yeah, you know, you just give them more money from or from, from a championship season that will be played at the correct time and from a correct league season uh, that can be played. You have seven teams. We know what the breakdown is. It's four sevens. So you have seven games that can be played over an, an eight, nine-week period. You have your championship and whatever structure you want to play it. It can be played in a 10 to 12 week period, as we'd find out this year. Um, and, and there's no reason why that can't be done. That's, that's 18, 19, 20 weeks at the most. Mm-hmm. But we have a, a, a farcical situation where you have January to, to February or late December to early February without any matches. Then you have a plethora of games. Then you have a big break from April to the middle of, of June in some cases. Uh, and then you have the Super 8s and the championship played off inside uh, a very, very quick period of time where only one or two teams can win it. So there's no reason why we can't have a league season that, that starts in, in, in March, finishes the, the beginning of, of May and um, have a club and an inter-county season running hand in hand from June to the end of September, early October. Are the provinces futile now, uh, Shane? I beg your pardon? Are the provinces futile? I mean, is there a need for the provincial championships anymore? No, there's not. But, of course, like everything else, um, 
you try to get changed the GAA, it takes it takes nearly as long to change it as it did to start it. So mm-hmm. you're probably waiting to make the pile. You you'll be probably about 145, <laughs> and I'll be 290. So I think mm-hmm. the bottom line is you, you have to try to find a way. Well, I think playing the playing the provincial championships within the championship format is not a problem. You you can play it on a round robin basis, or you could play you could have the the the, the league as a the championship as a league on a round robin format. And it's the same for Leinster as it is for Connacht. You have two you have two groups of six in Leinster, you have a five and a four in Ulster, you have a five in Connacht or a six with London and New York and a six, seven with London and New York in it. That's a whole other show. And then Munster you have six. So it's very easy to run a provincial system uh, before you get into an all Ireland system. Uh, very, very easily. And again, it can be kept within the timeframes of March to the end of end of middle of May. Very interesting. I mean, we could spend about two hours talking about this, but I might move on just a little bit. So Shane, tell us a bit about you. You're a Casserie man. Uh, tell us about your growing up there. You're a sports man, obviously. I know soccer and Gaelic's very obvious, but uh, what else did you play in your sports when you were growing up? No, not really. I had a great, obviously, look, I had a, had a great uh, upbringing in terms of Castlebury, a great town. Uh, you know, it was a vibrant town back in the 70s, 80s when I was growing up um, and into, into the 90s. It was a big market town, big football town. We had, we had num- numerous 1943, 1944 All-Ireland winners from the town. Um, I don't want to name them all because they always end up missing somebody out. <laughs> uh, we had a great sport instructor in the town. You know, we had seven or eight guys who played with Roscommon in the 70s uh, and 80s. So the football was, was a constant, you know. My dad was a, was a big footballer, um, played for Castellari, won four senior medals with them, captained them. Uh, my mum loved the game. Um, my brothers, um, all my friends. So where we grew up in Church Road and Arm, um, we, we had street leagues was, 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 was part and parcel of your life. Um, you know, your school bag was bought in September and it lasted just in the following year, or maybe two years in my case, or three years because the books were never taken outward. <laughs> and you just played football, you know, and the street jumpers and uh, your jumpers were down as goalposts. And um, I, I remember, you know, you'd be making the old leather ball, actually. You'd be, you'd be tying it up with your shoelaces, trying to keep it together. And then when... Uh, you were really lucky you got a beach ball or something cheap and then you had a balloon or then you had something else, tennis ball. Um, so it was, everything was just about a ball uh, of some uh, make, shape or format and uh, we, we played ball constantly and um, it was a great, great childhood, great upbringing, great friends, great, as was Cassidy Celtic, uh, as was St. Paul's National School and St. Anne's National School and uh, St. Joseph's uh, Technical School. So we were all uh, all the coaches we had over the years, all the teachers we had over the years, all the players, we all we all mingled and chatted and and uh, socialised together very very innocently. I I hasten to add. <laughs> Shane, uh, were you a fan of science projects in school? Was I a fan of science projects? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was fun to trying things out in life. Too. <laughs> sometimes these things work out so we, we had a couple of things that just didn't work out right in school and, and we, we duly ended up either mitching or being, you couldn't tell your mother you were suspended from school or your father <laughs> but we, we kind of highly we were in, we were in a we met with we had a fantastic uh, snooker hall beside it, so we used that as a kind of a base to, to keep away from school. An odd time, just an odd time, we, we step out of line and um, uh, we might just end up. We weren't bold, as, as Brendan Grace used to say, we weren't bold kids, really. we, we were wild, you know. Tell, tell us about this science project that you did in school, uh, it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out for a lot of us, actually, because, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that kind of, how would you call it, it was bubbling all over the place, you know. There was things been mixed with stuff, shouldn't have been mixed with and so on so forth, so on so forth. And um, unfortunately, the science lab ended up in been kind of uh, demolished, for want of a better word. But uh, we, man- <laughs> we managed to escape out before any of trouble, but uh, there was a lot of windows broke, you know. <laughs> you're mentioning snooker there snooker did you enjoy playing snooker in the Ross Common panel as well 
<laughs> I know, uh, no need for you to bring that in. That was cool, by the way, actually, as well. It was a game. Let's say maybe there was bigger goose played, but there was, it was a smaller, smaller table, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we, we were young, you know. Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, I suppose, uh, Shane, tell us about this minor, the minor final, 1989. This is a great story. We were, um, I was actually looking at a video of it earlier on, yourselves in Galway. Yeah, yeah, I always get asked about that, and and, and suddenly it's, it's a vivid memory, I suppose, you know, in around this time now, it's looking 30 years ago, and I am getting old, but, um, yeah, look, <laughs> the video the video speaks a thousand words, really, you know, um, I've done something I shouldn't have did, and I'm glad I did it, and I scored, but... Uh, if I didn't score, maybe I wouldn't be glad I did it, and I wouldn't be here now. I'd be in outer Mongolia or somewhere like on Jores or somewhere because I don't think I'd have been let back into Roscommon uh, had I missed it. Um, it was one of those those mad uh, mad things that you do, but you know, thankfully it worked out all right, you know, and and we got the win, and eventually we ended up getting the win to to win the kind of championship and. Uh, Ended up actually that that Roscommon minor team was quite successful in terms of uh, the number of players that went on to play senior for Roscommon uh, and for Galway. Funnily enough, a number of the lads went on and won all Ireland medals. So um, yeah, we 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 good banter over the years about it, you know. The the management got mad at you at the time. Ah, uh, it wouldn't be best. Please, I think, I think they were happy that, that we scored anyhow, and we yeah. were getting another run at the another run at the. You know, um, you know, I still, you know, we we'd missed a, one of our best players would have been missing for the replay. So the science behind it or the maths behind it was that uh, we we I thought we'd win the game a lot easier by trying to kick put the ball in the net from a penalty than we would playing without one of our best players. So uh, look at all, all's well that ended well. And, Eventually, we, we won the championship. We got, we got fucking annihilated by Derry in the All Ireland semi final. So, uh, they beat us by about 27 points, I think. So, and five of them went on one All Ireland. And after Anthony Tolk, um, uh, Coleman, and a few more of the guys. So, mm. it was it was a fun time. And look, though, no, it was a good Derry team, in fairness, they lost it. But I mean, I just that even that goal kind of strikes me that you're you're a bit of a winner, like a born winner. Was would that be an attitude you'd have said you've always had, even as a young age? Um, well, I think my my coaches and my teachers used to all say that I I didn't really like finishing second best, you know. So, um, certainly in sporting parlance, um, I would be highly deemed highly competitive. I would say, yeah. Probably hard to handle, maybe at times as well. Um, you know, uh, I yeah, I always wanted to win. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, when you're on the pitch, and I always said this, even I say it now to young people, when you're on the pitch, you give everything, and when you're off the pitch, then it's done. You know, clap, shake hands, and walk off. And and that was generally my my um, motto throughout my career. Um, do what you can. Uh, while you can, how you can, to who you can, for as long as you can, and when it's when it's over, it's over. Um, and you know, to be honest about the things that you know, when you're chasing and you're trying to win everything, and you do, you're you're trying to win and be a winner. That maybe you you regret, or you, you think you know, you look back, that wasn't right. But at the end of the day, it means to an end, and and that's that's winning. You say you were hard to handle, but I mean, in that, in what way would you have been hard to handle? Just you were very intense, maybe. Yeah, possibly, and, and I always wanted the best. I think you know, I just felt that, and I still feel this. I think you know, maybe it's it's small man syndrome or small mentality syndrome or a lack of positivity or maybe too much negativity in Irish life. But I've always been very positive and, and very uh, influenced, I suppose, by by people who, who were older than me um, in, in many ways. Um, I spent a lot of my time with elderly and older people uh, in, 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 in all environments, be it work or be it home or be it, be it even coaching. Um, obviously, your, your coaches are going to be older and 
some of them are going to mentor you. And one in particular, Larry Cummins, would have been a major influence on my career and on my life. Uh, sometimes I wish I'd lived my life a bit like him, but uh, the, the, that thing that you, 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 you can achieve no matter where you're from, uh, you can win no matter where you're from, um, you can aspire to be the best in, 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 your, in your choosing discipline. Um, it's always driven me. It's, it's always been something that um, I always felt that I could be the best and those, the teams that I played with could be winners. The teams, the players that I played with could be the best. Uh, and on some occasions, uh, myself included, you fail. You, you just don't, you don't win or you, things go against you. But you have to keep going and, and to build that sort of resilience into you from very early is, is to me very, very important uh, that you understand that as a sports person, it's okay um, to, to want to be, to be the best and to be ambitious uh, and not to be curtailed by anybody because uh, you, you, you have that ambition. And I feel that, I, I particularly look at my own county and I look at smaller counties, you know, a lot of them have, either reach the glass ceiling or they're not prepared to go to the next level to get to the next level and uh, that frustrates me I, 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 I just struggle to see why the fuck you do it if you don't want to be the best you know um, so if you don't want to be a Dublin why do you want to be a why do you want to be a West Neither or a Roscommon or whatever it may be you know you have to aspire to be in the Dublins uh, you have to aspire in my time it was Galway you know they were when we played Galway, it was a battle. In league game or championship, you wanted to take the head of them because they were the barometer. You know, they were the guys who were winning all Ireland. And, uh, I find myself fortunate some of them, and, and eventually, I suppose, uh, got to the top of the mountain by winning an all Ireland very late in my own career. But, but with a very good team that were very ambitious, with a very good manager. And Shane, how far do you think Roscommon are from the top of the mountain? And if they are a bit far away, what's it going to take to get them there? Or can they get there? Um, can they get there? Um, be a change in attitude from everybody um, if they want to get there. And, and that's that's right from how we coach, uh, how we invest in coaching, uh, how the GA helps counties like Roscommon to invest in coaching, what the mindset is about wanting to get there. Um, like We've got major issues here in Roscommon with, with coaching and with um, development and it's the same for every county it's not just Roscommon I'm just speaking about Roscommon because I have an experience of it um, and it's very similar for a lot of other counties because they're not resourced properly to put the proper coaching structures in place um, and when you look at it you know the figures don't lie we haven't for um, Ted Webb in almost 10 years uh, we haven't been in a final in, in 10 years and that's in Connacht, and that's with Mayo and Galway, uh, half in their county, you know. So they have an east and a west. We we still play, and up to up to 2010, Roscommon will be fighting to win these matches or be be up and above. And a, a lot of the cohort of the team, the backbone and the senior team at the moment, would have come up through the, those those um, structures in the in the in the noughties. But unfortunately, um, they're, they're breaking down now, and there's there's uh, there's probably more of an emphasis on other things uh, other than football, unfortunately. And when you say there's a problem with attitudes, what specifically are you talking about there? I, I, I think the attitude is that, you know, are you ambitious enough to want to go and win win the top prizes? Um, I, I'd say if you spoke to a number of people that are involved in Roscommon, um, I would say that no, they're, they're happy enough to plodle along, get and win the Connacht title, uh, you know, have a couple of good days out, which we do. But to get to the next level, um, you, you have to take the game an awful lot more serious. Uh, you have to, both as players and as managements and as, as uh, county boards, uh, and that's down to structures. Uh, and you've got to want to win. You've got to say, well, okay, what's our plan for the next five years? Are we going to go semi-professional? Are we going to help our players get jobs in the county? Are we going to keep our players around around Roscommon? Are our players going to be involved in coaching our former players uh, like Galway and Mayor doing? 
are we going to invite everybody in and put a proper structure in place uh, and see can we actually then invest in that and, and go to the next step because let's make no let's make no bones about it professionalism is alive and well in the GEA there may not be players getting paid but the anecdotal evidence that they're allowed to um, concentrate uh, or have a job or have a career that allows them to concentrate on their specific sport is there. Uh, and indeed, n- numerous players in certain counties have spoken about being either involved in setups that allows that or one or two left off uh, setups uh, because um, management um, couldn't have them. Uh, been DJs at two or three o'clock in the morning uh, and, and been involved in it. Would you like to see it go professional? Uh, you're obviously talking that it, it's almost there. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, I, 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 I'm not saying that the game needs to go professional in terms of payment to the players. I, I do think the players need to be compensated uh, appropriately for their, their, for their, their, um, their commitment. Um, and I think that's different than, than professionalism. Um, professionalism, uh, I'm not sure is it sustainable, but then uh, I do think that uh, we can support players an awful lot better, uh, be it tax breaks or tax benefits uh, through employment schemes, uh, be it a local employment scheme, um, be it whatever it may. They, they generate uh, huge amounts of money for the exchequer, huge amounts of money. They generate huge amounts of money for, for the GEA and I think at that level uh, we now see with COVID they have to get back playing to make money for the association so in fairness the association can, can strive to improve as well uh, but without the players at inter-county level you can't have that um, and I think we have a, a very open debate an honest debate about compensating players appropriately the better and I think the GPA need to up their game in, in terms of of supporting some sort of initiative as well. And what's what's stopping that debate, Shane? Why, why can't we have that debate? Uh, I think it's been stifled from the top. I, I think the GPA um, set out set their course out in the late 90s, early 90s as, as a group that um, could be uh, or, or were prepared to battle for the hearts and minds of the players. But they're now no more than a, a, a cohort of, of uh, a very small number of guys who are really uh, under the umbrella or under the thumb of a larger uh, big brother. And they've lost their, their capability or their ability to fight for players on, on, in the hole and in the round. I acknowledge that they do some very good work, but it's not communicated often enough and in the wider aspect of um, 1% of the total playing population, and possibly approximately 3,000, maybe 3,500 players, uh, I don't think that um, they do enough to extinguish maybe uh, some of the issues that, that the players in smaller counties have. Uh, and that is totally and totally down to, to uh, appropriately looking after them. Yeah. Shane, you've already mentioned your, your considering or your aspirations are to get to inter-county management. Let's say, for example, Elizabeth, your home county of Roscommon, what would you do to exact change? Obviously, inter-county managers only have a short window, generally. Yeah, and, and again, that's part of the problem. Um, you know, there's no, there's, no, there's no plan, you know. Let's look at, if you look at, let's take a look at professional sport. You look, take, take a look at Dublin. <laughs> Sorry, I actually mentioned professionalism in the commas and then mentioned Dublin. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's, <laughs> let's just look at Dublin, right? <laughs> let's just look at Dublin and, and, and let's just look at their culture, right? Aside from all the other stuff, okay? Let's look at what they've done at county board level and let's look at what they've done from a financial point of view and let's look at the structures. Now, Bob Good to me, he's, he left us, uh, Kevin Heffernan, Kevin Heffernan and Mickey Whelan acknowledged some time ago that they sit down and change the structures of Dublin football because they always knew they had the players. They always knew they had the population, but they were underperforming. 
So they went and they got a document and they went and they, they drafted a document and they got the best people in. They got former players involved coaching. Um, they've got business people involved in the financial market. They got the colleges, they got the clubs playing to, to a level that they want. And then um, they set up their county team in such a way that they've become and will become un, almost undefeatable. Now, that's not down to them having the biggest population. That's down to their structure. Okay, the population of that particular is a part when you have those structures correct. But there's nothing stopping a lot of counties doing that if the correct plan is put in place. And that's a plan that, that allows for five, ten years and this evolving door of managers coming in and decide, well, I'm doing this now for three years because that's it, I'm gone then anyhow. That to me is a waste of time. And if we keep at that in smaller counties, there is a glass deal. There's no ambition. And there's no way you can fulfill the, 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 the possibilities that I think are there for other counties to compete, if that's the way you, you will look at it. That's the starting block. Put in the proper foundation. Um, put in the proper people, the people that understand the game. Put in the people that, that can finance it and then let the county board do what they're there for. And that's to do administration, administration work. And that's what Dublin better than anybody else. They have administrators that do administration. They have financial people that do the finance. And they have football people that do the football. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen in other countries. And that's the common sense approach. And it's a bit like the model employed by professional soccer teams. Um, look at Liverpool, look at Arsenal, look at City. You know, they've got a leader. You know, they've got an approach, they've got a structure. The money, the money is immaterial. You've got to have a structure. And players either um, develop that structure uh, or they don't. But generally you'll find that if the foundation is right, the players develop. You have some longevity, you get better results, you get better coordination. And maybe after five or six or seven years in, a manager's term is done, but that there's a follow-through. There's somebody coming from within a group that understands the next generation of player and, and can coach them accordingly. Um, we don't have that. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what saddens me in some ways. We're, we're just chasing the next, big, the next big win. But unfortunately, the next big win is coming. Suddenly then you find your Division 1, Division 2 team and your Division 4 team because you've forgot about things most important, players. That's it. Players are most important, uh, and, and you've got to provide uh, the foundation for those players uh, to perform at their best. And that's at under 12, under 14, under 16, minor, right the whole way up. Shane, what is the biggest issue the Common County Board are facing at the moment then? Like, what was the first thing they need to tackle? Finance is a big thing for all, for all county boards. Finance and cost. It's huge. Um, it's, it's just huge. I mean, you know, you spend more time firefighting um, than you do, than you actually do on what, what you should be doing. Um, like, for example, you know, Scotland Board, you know, very, have a very good uh, financial arm club. Rossi do a lot of really good work. That's how the money is spent, then after one would have to question um, where it's spent, how it's spent. Uh, instead of um, putting money into uh, vast lumps of concrete, why is the money going towards coaching initiatives and coaching structures? Um, these are the things that need to be need to be further further teased out um, and sorted properly. You know, instead of cutting the budget for an under twenty panel uh, and a minor panel, you should be increasing the budget with the right people and the right personnel and the right coaching and the right support. For example, I had a young player last year uh, who I tried to get support for in DCU. I couldn't get that support for him. You know, that shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. We'll be able to support our players in, in every same as, as some counties are. Okay? And when I went to the county board last year to, to support this particular player in a very, very minuscule way, those supports weren't there. 
whether it was within the remit of the county board or, or the financial arm to do so, I don't know. But I know one thing, it wouldn't have happened in any other county uh, similar with similar uh, capabilities of raising the money. And that disappoints me. And, and it disappoints It shows me that there's uh, a lack of care and appreciation for what the player is doing. Do you think the county board are doing enough for the people? You're suggesting not there uh, for the players and they don't have the best intentions maybe of the players at heart? No, I no, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying what what I'm saying is that they don't understand what's required. Hmm. They're administrators. That's basically what they are. So do the fixtures, you know. Uh, go to Crow Park and have the old dinner and a few pints. Absolutely. You know, keep your county fixtures right. Blah blah blah. But there's no need. You need to have a footballing mandate, a footballing over overlord that's separate to the county board. They can actually go on and implement proper structures for the players. In a lot of counties, that's, I'm not saying that's in every county. And in fairness, in Roscommon, it's not, it's not bad, but it's, it's, it's not where it should be. Um, and, it's not, and, and that goes back to my initial point. If we can't look after the players, and the example I'm given of the on under-20 player last year, the point is that, you know, if I'm a county manager, right, and I'm I'm over as I was over the rest of the twenty team over the last two years, and I'm looking at my players, and one of my players, and at the beginning of the 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 the, the um the, your time, you want your players to trust you, you want your players to feel confident that they can come to you with a problem, and you in turn feel that well, okay, within within reason, yeah, we look after, and when it comes then to to looking after a guy who's who needs college help or maybe needs needs uh, needs work placement help or needs career help that that isn't there that's where county boards really and truly that they're not tooled up for that so we need to put further um supports there in terms of that structure which is both financial and um people personnel with the correct skill sets to support them and that comes into, into coaching you were just mentioning there, you were a manager of the under-20s team. I mean, were these serious issues you were facing through your whole time managing them? Uh, well, no, the, you never had any issue with the players. are brilliant. The players were yeah, great, yeah. lads. They were fantastic. Um, were really, and then they were clued in. And they were, they were intelligent. They were ambitious. And we tried to, to put supports in for them that we felt would, would benefit them long-term. Now, I'd say... We've got, I think, the seven of them now of, of that group uh, involved in, in a Roscommon senior setup. It may be group, and um, those players need to be supported uh, what, to the best possible needs that of their needs to ensure that they can go and play football. And if you've got players struggling, for example, with work, if you've got players struggling with the career opportunities, or you've got a player who needs some help, minuscule help, with college maybe with, with fees or with, with his accommodation, well then that's where I feel um, county boards need to step up and man up and support the players. And if it's not within the remit, well then the GA uh, supplies them with a bursary every year that's spent on that type of, of, that type of uh, facility. Um, I'd be disappointed that that's not that support. I know that support doesn't exist. Then your obviously intentions to play uh, or to get into county management, senior county management. I mean, or would you be looking to maybe go outside the county, or would your intention be to get the most common job maybe at some stage soon? I know there's a man in there at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, come here. I mean, there's been no, no. I, I, it's, it's no secret. I suppose like anybody that's involved in managing, you want to. You want to test yourself at the highest level against the best people um, and test your own resolve, uh, test your own capabilities, your own ideas. Um, I'm very fortunate. I, I, I've worked with very good coaches um, over my time with Bridget's, with Pierce's, um, with Rastaman under-20s, and now with Doro, I have uh, Owen Mooney, who's, who's involved with, with um, Dublin GE as head coaching coordinator. So it's usually important that... Um, 
I, I get a huge kick out of it. I get a huge kick out of watching players perform and watching players um, grow personally. Uh, outside maybe of football as well as inside. Uh, and, you know, uh, I just looked at a few things today. You look at the likes of the influence Marcus Rashford, Rashford has had on, on English society over the last couple of days. If you can teach players through your coaching and through your management that they become leaders in their work and in their work-life balance and in their, their careers, it's far more important than possibly winning All-Ireland. But if you can do that uh, and give them the ambition to be an All-Ireland winning middle, middle winner, well, then that's the cream on top of the, the cake, really, uh, the cream on top. And I think that's, that's the challenge of a manager and a coach. Uh, ideally, that's, that's where I get to. Uh, and hopefully someday, uh, you, you, you don't know. Um, but I'm fairly confident that uh, with, with the proper structures, uh, any team we have, we've had over the last years, has always been left in a better place than what it was received in. And that's, that's really all you can do. Leave it in a better place for somebody else. And what, what are your thoughts on Roscommon's, um, I suppose, success or maybe how they've done over the last few years? Do you think they've reached the potential? Or I know you've seen a lot of these younger lads. Is there a lot more in them than what you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, yeah I, I think um, the, the lads have done brilliantly over the last number of years under Kevin and under, under uh, Anthony as well um, over the last three, four years. Um, have the reach the question mark is there question mark is also there have the the ambition to go the extra extra step to get to an all ireland semi final get to an all ireland final unfortunately the super eight haven't been kind to us over the last couple of years but the players to be fair uh, have put in huge strides um, as have the managements and you would hope that then when you get to that level that you can keep going and keep going forward and keep building. And, you know, part of that building process may be either replacing a player that's there or getting in another couple of players like Connor Cox, uh, who can have an over, an over, another a further influence on, on, on who plays for Roscommon and how you play uh, to get to that next level. Uh, I'm certainly not against going and looking to get better players to come and if they're capable and freely available to play um, and they can't get a game with another county, for example. If they want to come, from, want to, come to Roscommon and they want to play for Roscommon, in you come if you're good enough. And that's something you suggested before. Is, is there many players out there that maybe could play for Roscommon? I, I don't know until you actually you throw all the... You throw all the all the market, so to speak, but the market isn't that big. But having said that, you know, you've got a lot of people in Dublin from from all sorts, of, from every county. You've got a lot of people in Cork, you've got a lot of people in, in Mayo, and maybe, you know, they can't get a game at Mayo, come to Riscom. Are we at a stage where we have to have a, a debate about maybe a draft system in the GEA? Are we at a stage where um, counties who openly go out and attract players into their into their communities and into their counties um, can freely do so. It's been done before, uh, but the speak we use and how we do it uh, will dictate uh, how ambitious and how better counties like ourselves, Westmead, Offaly, maybe uh, Kildare's, um, possibly even Mayo, possibly the likes of Sligo. Um, Donegal, maybe I don't know. Armagh, you know, can you set yourself up as a county to be different from somebody else? And are you prepared to go after a Larry Tompkins or go after a Shea Fahey, bring them to work down in 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 Atlone or wherever Kildare it may be, Castlereagh or Carrick? Huh? I said to Kildare, man, you're killing me there. <laughs> yeah, fucking well, stupid though. Yeah. The stool, the Stole Shea Fahey and Larry Tompkins yeah. and they won two All Ireland and fair play to them. You know, if if Brian Fenton and and for example, if Brian Fenton and, and Brian Menton were to come to Dublin and somebody was prepared to pay a hundred thousand transfer fee for each, 
I take them in the morning. And, uh, you know, Brian Benton has got, got got bridges connections. Um, so that's the type of thing I'm, I'm talking about. You know, the, you, if counties like Roscommon want to win in all Ireland in my lifetime, these are the type of things that we gotta we got to think about. Um, and then it's up to those that either like it or don't like it. If you don't like it, tough luck, good luck. Uh, I want to win the all Ireland. Uh, I don't want to die not seeing Roscommon win it. Uh, I'd love a generation of people to see Roscommon win in all Ireland or any other county that has got that ambition and shows that ambition. Um, and I think it can be done. Shane, but something like that, a draft system or bringing in other players, not devalue what the GAA is all about, community spirit and the club and the county and everyone being from that parish or county. That's, that's bullshit, Ross. I, you know, I think we, we play on that too much, you know. Um, with respect, I, like, for example, I'm from Castlereagh, right? And I end up in South Roscommon, so I'm I I know Bridget's. My kids are Bridget's, right? If I ended up in Dublin, I could be in Parnells or whatever. That could be in it could be in Mount Joy, actually. Funny enough. <laughs> 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 so, you end up, look at all the play, players and people that are moving all over the place nowadays. You know, and I don't feel that should be a stick to beat anybody with. I mean, I look at my own community here in, in, Pierce, in Bridges at the moment, right? When we won the All-Ireland in 2013, we had only four people who had a daddy or a mammy from the area on that team. Now think about that. And we're in a small pocket of South Stamma. Okay? So there was an awful lot of movement of those people around to make that team, you know? Um, there's more, loads more evidence. I mean, if you look at Kieran Kilkenny, I think his dad is from 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 Kilkenny, isn't it? Or the the playmaking for or Jim McConnelly, his dad is from Kilkenny. You know, and the O'Shea's started. The O'Shea's started out in Kerry. They end up in Mayo. You know, um, what other exists? The switch. Brogans. Yeah, the Brogans, you know, there's thousands and thousands of, of evidence. When you're, when you're in the community, become part of the community, absolutely. But it doesn't mean to say that, well, you know, the fact that you're from uh, Westmead, well, I can't play for Roscommon. Like, for example, Danny Murray is from Longford. He's the greatest Roscommon footballer that ever played for Roscommon. He's from Longford, but he, 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 he comes and he wins four, four kind of championships at Roscommon. And he captains us to the All Ireland in 1980. Um, back in the day, you you, you have well, there's loads. I mean, Sean Kilbride played for for both Mayo and Roscommon, and um, Sean Lowry from Offaly played for Offaly and Mayo. So I mean, either these guys were twinned at birth, or they, they decided, you know, it that that to me is uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't wash. Uh, and what happened to free trade, free labour? What happened to the Bosman ruling? What happened to all this stuff? <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. I just want to... Ross, I just want to win in all Ireland. You're from Azerbaijan, or you're from Tyrone, or you're from South Africa, or you're, you're, you're whatever colour, I need to be careful here, whatever colour you are, you can play for me, you can work for me, you can as long as you want to win in All Ireland, that's the only thing. That's that's the most important thing. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that, Shane. <laughs> you get that, Ross? Yeah. I got all of that loud and clear. Loud and clear. Right. Most importantly, Ross, did you agree with it? <laughs> um, I'm not too sure if I agree. Agree with a full draft system. Now, I understand if someone was to move and be part of the county or be part of the club. Yes, I agree with that. But whereby, yeah. say for example, you're, in a, you're living in Mayo and at 16 or 17 years of age, you're told you're not good enough for minor or 20s at, at Mayo level, but go play for Sligo or go play for someone else. But you have to commute and you're, only, you're still in school. I wouldn't agree with something like that. Um, I don't know how, what that might look like. I, I, to be honest, you're the first person that I've heard really go into detail about it, but I'm not too sure if I would agree with um, Root and Branch, really, to be honest. What county are you from, Ross? 
Dublin. He's a common dad. My dad is actually from Leitrim. I knew you. I, I actually knew you from Dublin. I knew you were from Dublin. I just said I'd ask you because that's what Dubliners all want. <laughs> well, I tell you, my dad used to bring me to Leitrim games all the way through the eighties and nineties. So I had the, I, I had that that hard road as well. So I know I know what he always says. He was delighted actually up in Crow Park this year. Um, like that, like the, I've I've seen I've I was there when Declan Darcy lifted the Connacht Championship. You know, um, so I've been on the yeah. on both sides of it. Uh, so I can see both sides of the story really, to be honest. Yeah, and it's, it's very, I, I mean, where I, it's very hard to see Declan Darcy lifting the college championship even for Leitrim again. Like, they, you know, unless there's some support given to these counties, you know, players that just give up. And if, if you just look at Leinster, for example, the way it has gone, it's, it's fair, probably, and a valid point to make that a lot of counties have actually just given up. They've given up the ghost. Mm. You know? And and then they haven't been supported to get any better because the county boards don't have funding, and you know you you, you can't you we have to readjust the competitive landscape, or else in and I've said this before, and I got a lot of stick for it. The GEA would be like the Catholic Church in Fianna Fáil. They will fail the people eventually, and they'll have no followers. And 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 you think that can't happen? You just look at look at look at me now for as an example, right? How many people in Mead actually support me? I'll tell you, there's more people in Mead support Dublin than there does support me. There's more people in Dublin that support Dublin and don't support the county clubs or clubs or affiliated clubs. Than support the club structure. That's not that's not sustainable. So you mentioned the GEA being like the Catholic Church in Fianna Fáil. Obviously, you ran with Fianna Fáil in 2016. Did you have a fallen out with them, or have you left them, or what's your what's your situation no, there? No, but what I, what I'm saying is here is that don't get into a political argument. But it's no it's no slight. I'm I'm told. In the fall, and and fully, I'm very political and politicised. But you can't just say that Fianna Fáil didn't fail the people. They did. You know, they failed large swaths of the people by making bad decisions at a very at, at a bad time. And we're still paying for it. I'm paying for it, even though I'm a Fianna Fáil supporter. I'm still paying for it. But maybe I'm 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 a bit blinded. But I still support them because I believe that you can't tar you can't just tar everybody with the one brush. And okay, you can't rule, rule, rule out maybe 50 or 60 years of good work with four or five years of bad. And it's not the people, it's not the party, it's just that the decisions were made poorly um, and there was nobody running a checks and balance on it. The same way as in many ways, there's nobody running a proper checks and balance with the GEA. Is that a, a singular fault of the organisation or a singular person? No, it just means that there's nobody standing up. It, there's nobody saying no. There's nobody saying we need to fight for better things. When I say nobody, I think the CPA and Michael Brody are on the right path. I really, really do. And I hope to keep getting the support that they deserve. But just because you, you, just because you fall out with the wife on a, on a Saturday doesn't make, say, mean to say you can't make love on Sunday. You know? <laughs> I mean, just the way, that's the way life is. You know, you, um, and and if look at the church, I mean that's that's just a whole other show. And I have the fear that in twenty years time we won't have players playing. Do you think that's a fair point? I was very honest with you to say about Fianna Fáil, by the way. Um, and I've I don't need this to get into political show either. But um, a lot of a lot of supporters might not agree with you. But I personally admire your honesty there. Um, as regards in 20 years, players not playing. What do you mean specifically by that? Is in they'll fall away after a certain amount of time or they'll just have no love for the GAA as a, as a whole? Okay, well, let, let's just, let's not just base this on opinions and, and let's not just base it on, on Shane Curran mm. coming up and coming out some mad of 20 years' time. Look at the evidence. 
just look at the evidence. Look at look at how many clubs are struggling now. Mm. Yeah, there is a lot of clubs doing well in 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 rural areas. Yeah, there is absolutely. But look at how many clubs are struggling, and this is a societal thing as as much as the GA thing. What is society and what is the GA going to do? What are the government and what is the GA going to do to combine to do to help the Leitrims and help the Roscommons and help the the, the depopulated is become better and become more sustainable, right? And COVID will be a good thing. It could actually fucking it could actually focus minds on making sure we have a more just society. All right. And and this is my 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 view. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can tell you now. I see clubs disappearing at underage level, right? I see parts of North Roscommon where four and five clubs have to come together to make minor teams and under 20 teams and, and uh, underage teams. Now, you can argue maybe there was too many clubs there in the first place, but that doesn't wash when you talk about tradition and you talk about the club. You look at pubs in rural Ireland, decimated, right? So what's the day that, that, that the club won't go the same way? Once you depopulation and you've no people coming, you've you've problem. Um and those problems be arrested. Um and we need to do things. The GA has a huge, huge part to play on that. Yeah, absolutely. Like like rural areas are being decimated um by the draw of big cities, whether it be in our own country or abroad. But as for the GAA, I don't know how much money they can put back into each and every rural society to keep people there jobs-wise. I'd be more concerned, I am concerned about this, by the way, but I'd be even more concerned from a GAA perspective if players were leaving GAA to go and play soccer or rugby or different sports but still staying at home. I think that locally, a lot, all the, clo- the clubs are doing the absolute best that they can to keep uh, yes. players playing as as for as long as they can but i'm not too sure locally what can be done there probably nothing but from a ga perspective that would be a huge what's the word i'm looking for it'd be a huge overhaul trying to manage to keep thousands and thousands and thousands of players in those rural rural places as opposed to making them head towards cities or different countries or whatever the case may be no that is an is a societal issue so it's a government issue to Sort of that particular problem, but the GA can play you role in that as a partner. Every GA club, every soccer club, well, every every sporting organisation can play a role in that as a partner. Putting the whole clubs together—that's not your opportunity. They can't be paying millions and billions out. They don't have that money. But where they can do, where they can play a part is making sure that clubs can be ambitious and counties can be ambitious. And that counties like Roscommon, for example, who ha- always had a good youth structure, uh, Sligo, I would put in that, kick the league terms, that those players can be ambitious and want to play for the county. Now what they're saying is that, well, league term, okay, you get paced by Roscommon by 20 points in a senior championship, or you get bet by Sligo by 10. You don't win a game in 20 years in the competition. Where is the ambition for the under 14, under 16, the minor player to want to progress to that level? Okay? Where's, yeah. where's the ambition? So take it to the next level. Where's the ambition for the Russian player to go and play in an All-Ireland final? All right, we can, we can compete maybe now at the moment. At the moment, I hasten to add, we're lucky we have a good core of players. Will that always be the case? Not if we keep going the way we are. So we then get pasted by Mayo and Gull by virtue of the fact that they're doing things right and they have the resources, while Roscommon slips away at some other juncture. So that's what I'm saying. We need to really, really, really uh, to reevaluate the, the landscape of competition and how we resource counties to be able to compete adequately to keep our players motivated to play with our clubs firstly and foremostly, and then with our counties. We've, we've demonised the club championship. Right? We've demonised club players. We've kept them, stop, we've stopped them from playing football, you could say from May to September, when they should be playing. Is that the right way to run an association? I don't think so. 
talking for about an hour here and I haven't asked you anything about the whole St. Bridges 2013. Uh, you mentioned Kevin McStay there just earlier on. and um, you, you must have had a, a fairly positive experience working under him. Yeah, no, we're just very fortunate to have Kevin and Liam come in and Benny in 2012 with Bridget's and look at that. I was very fortunate. Over, I suppose, 25 years playing the game at all levels, League of Ireland, Stockton, and Gaelic with club and county. That are really good managers, but Kevin came right in time for us. And, and um, look, we, we got over the line. That's the big thing, uh, Michael. We got the right manager, the right coach, uh, the right players um, on the the right time and, and uh, some say maybe we were lucky along the way but we made our own luck and, and um, it's one of those things that you never forget you know and it's it's just that, that perseverance we, you know you have to be when I, when, I, when I speak to people in business or sport or anything like that you have to keep persevering uh, keep at it and keep at it someday the mountain someday the wall falls you know if you just keep chipping away at it and keep chipping away at it you get the chance, and then it's up to yourself, as Kevin. You get the chance; it's up to yourself when when that chance comes, and that's like everything in life. So, um, we got over the line, and, and uh, thankfully, great memories for the community here, and great memories for everybody on the day. And uh, on the flip side, not so good memories for Ballymun, and and that's that sport, you know. Perfect. Yeah, and Shane, I'll ask you last one. I like to ask this. The best player you played with, the best player you played against over the last well, last few years. Yeah, well, that's a lot of. It's very, you know, it's very subjective. You know, I played against a lot of players and and uh, played with some remarkable footballers. You know, um, but shorting it down, I suppose. Look at it. I played with Derek Duggan, McCastlery, Andy Leyland. Um, you know, a lot of really good lads that played county as well, and uh, obviously with Bridget's Carl Mannion, Dominican, even the some the lads sending to bride. Some of the guys that you you know that wouldn't be household names, um, Dara Donnelly, fellas like that, Johnny Murray, um, Jorhinan with with Roscommon and Castle, he was a brilliant player. But I suppose when I look at the whole, uh, the best player I ever played with. Um, well, Frankie Dolan, yeah. um, both about county and 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 the club. Um, oh, Francie, Francie Graham with the county was brilliant. Nigel Janine as well. Um, but but they were Dolan was just in a different, in a different league really. You know, he could do anything, uh, left or right. Brilliant player, and I think you know I'm often asked when I ask who the best players I ever played against. You have to say, I, I kind of always know the four or five of them. They're all in the ones kind of, they're all in the one bracket. Um, but Porrick Joyce, uh, Peter Canavan, um, the Goat, uh, Alan Brogan was a great player. But Jason Sherlock was a phenomenal footballer, uh, really great player. And I, I played against him at League of Ireland level as well. And could never fucking read him, really, you know. And he scored a goal against <laughs> in 2004. And I, I just thought I'd everything shut open, and he just put the ball through through the ball, and and uh, he was he was a good finisher. But but Joyce Canavan uh, would have to be would have to be there as the two the two greatest ever I played against. Um, uh, they were just they were just different players. They were they were probably in many cases the greatest of all time um, in many respects. Uh, I think the only other forward that I think you could say would would be in the same bracket as them was Matt Connor from 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 Offaly. Yeah. Um, well, we they, are we we are fans of all three of those players that you mentioned. We're huge fans of those three, particularly Matt Connor. We think he's an absolute. Oh, how he doesn't get mentioned more often is be honest. Yeah, well, there's big. There's a lot of players like that. You get like I mean, in Roscommon, you know. Danny Murray to me is the greatest player that ever played for Roscommon by by his street, and and like Tony McManus was very good. Um, as I said, Frankie as well, very good. But Danny was there for so long, uh, first back to back All Star, and he broke the mold as a player. He he was a wing back that could score, and he was a wing back that could actually mark as well, which is, which is unusual. 
Um, he's a great player, but you know Harry, another great player, um, brilliant, brilliant player. Uh, and and then like you know you, you get some to get mentioned obviously, and, and and that's fine too. But some of them like Matt Connor, you know, to me when I was growing up, I Matt Connor and and Brian Mullins were my man. I love Brian Mullins. Uh, just a great player as well. So uh, look at that's that's football. That's like that. you know, everyone has their memories and everyone has their heroes and that sort of stuff. Never mind. Uh, Shane Karen, thanks for doing that. That was absolutely brilliant. Really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, best to look with it. Hope it goes well for you. Uh, always good to good to see lads getting out there, get, uh, putting themselves out there, and and uh, it's a big bad world out there. There's a lot of people to knock you down and shoot you down, but fuck them, keep going. That's right, Shane. Thanks very much. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. Mind yourselves. Thanks for listening in. And don't forget that you can follow the Mick and Mac GAA football podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and we are on Spotify, as well as all other podcast platforms.